Chapter 16 of The Silent Battle by George Gibbs. Recording by Tony Oliva. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Behind the Enemy's Back As she turned and came into the room again, Jane Loring met her in the middle of the rug, seized her in her arms, kissed her rapturously on both cheeks, and confessed, though not without some hesitation, the object of her visit. Nellie Pennington led her to a divan near the window, and seated there, holding one of her visitor's hands in both of hers, listened enchanted to the full tale of Jane's romance. Her delight was undisguised, for Nina Jaffray's rather frigid exit had already been forgotten by them both. Oh, Nellie, I'm so happy. I simply had to tell somebody. I wanted to come here yesterday but I couldn't muster up the courage. And I'm not really odious? asked Mrs. Pennington. No, no, laughed Jane. You're a sister to the angels. I hated him, Nellie, that night. I would have died rather than let him know I cared for him. And yet, I did let him know it. Love and hate are first cousins. Love hates because it's afraid, Jane yes that's true i was afraid of myself of him not now no proudly not even of fate itself we'll face whatever is to come together i believe in him utterly nellie pennington kissed her so do i jane i always have and in you i can't tell you how glad i am that you have told me all this flattered too child i'm rather worldly wise perhaps even more so than your mother i haven't told mother jane put in with sudden demureness take my advice and do so immediately omit nothing your mother must put a stop to this story by telling the truth mother you know had hoped that i would marry coleman van dyne she doesn't approve of phil and father jane paused as she remembered her father's estimate of phil gallatin and neither does my father she finished thoughtfully oh it will work out some way such things do but tell them at once i think i had already decided that but it isn't going to be easy with me with mother my father is the soul of kindness but with men she paused phil must take his chance yes but father must respect him phil must earn his respect jane was silent for a moment my father has a sharp tongue at times she went on he has mentioned phil gallatin's name unpleasantly I couldn't stand hearing him spoken about in that way. I couldn't listen. I couldn't tolerate it, even from my father. I have made a decision, and father must abide by it. He must accept Phil, as I have accepted him. I am satisfied. A man's past is his own. He can only give a girl his future. I used to think differently, but I'm content with that. Phil's future is mine and I'll take my half of it, whatever it is. At the mention of her father, Jane had risen and walked restlessly about, 
but as she finished speaking she turned and faced her companion squarely nellie pennington rose and took her again in her arms you'll do jane i'm not afraid for you for either of you let me help you i want to i don't think i could be happier if i were in love myself he's worthy of you i'm sure of it shall you marry him soon dear jane colored adorably no not soon i think we have not spoken of that phil wants time to prove to show everybody she paused and nellie pennington breathed a sigh of relief her responsibilities had oppressed her let him jane she urged quickly it's better so you're very young there's plenty of time a year or two and then i'll marry him when he asks me to jane finished simply nellie pennington pressed her hands warmly and they sat for a long time side by side while jane told of all that had happened in the woods including the sudden and unpleasant termination of her idol nellie pennington listened soberly and learned more of the definiteness with which fate had placed the steps of these two young people upon the same pathway into the future love dwelt in jane's eyes and confidence a trust and belief in phil gallatin that put nellie pennington's rather assertive endorsement of him to the blush she realized now that below jane loring's placid exterior there was a depth of feeling a quiet strength and resolution of which she had never even dreamed for she too had thought jane a nice little thing a pretty amiable cheerful soul without prejudices who would add much to her own joy of life and to the intimate circle of young people she chose to gather around her some of the girl's faith found its way into her own heart and she saw phil now as she had always hoped to see him taking his place among the workers of the world using the brains god had given him and accomplishing the great things that she knew had always been within his power to accomplish when jane rose to go mrs pennington detained her a moment longer how well do you know nina jaffray she asked slowly oh we've always got along admirably because we've never interfered with each other i think but i don't understand her nor does she me why do you ask oh i don't know i thought you liked her nellie i do i like everybody who doesn't bore me nina amuses me because she keeps me in a continual state of surprise that's all very well so long as her surprises are pleasant ones but when she wishes to be annoying i assure you she can be amazingly disagreeable i imagine so but i don't think we'll have differences at least i hope don't be too intimate that's all understand they kissed after which jane departed and on the way uptown found herself wondering from time to time 
whether nellie pennington could have meant something more than jane thought she did but in her state of exaltation nothing could long avail to divert her spirit from its joyous flight among the enchanted realms that had been discovered to her that afternoon late it was only going to be very late in the afternoon she now remembered phil gallatin was to walk home with her from somebody's tea tomorrow they were to dine at the dorsey martins and late in the week there was the party at the pot and kettle after that but what did it matter what happened after that each day she knew was to be more wonderful than the one that had gone before and it was not well to question the future too insistently sufficient unto the day was the good thereof and solomon indeed was not arrayed inwardly at least as jane was taking mrs pennington's advice as soon as she reached home she sought her mother's room mrs loring was reclining at full length on a portable wooden table which had been set up in the middle of her large apartment and an osteopath was busy manipulating her small body there wasn't really anything the matter with her except social fag but she chose this method of rehabilitating her tired nerves instead of active exercise which she abhorred it was almost with a feeling of pity that jane sat beside her mother when the practitioner had departed for she knew that a scene would follow her confidences and she was not mistaken for when half an hour later jane went to her own room her mother was in a state of collapse upon her bed and jane's nerves were singing like taut wires while on her mind were unpleasantly impressed the final words of maternal recrimination but jane knew that in spite of the violence of her mother's opposition she was very much less to be dreaded than her father and that by to-morrow she would be reconciled to her daughter's point of view and even might be reckoned upon as an ally nor would she speak to mr loring without her daughter's acquiescence this jane had no intention of giving for she was sure that a meeting of her father and phil which must of course ensue at once was not to be looked forward to with pleasurable expectation it was therefore in no very happy mood that jane met phil gallatin late that afternoon at the Sudam's tea whence he went home with her she had said nothing of her interview with her mother and was relieved to learn at the house that mrs loring had gone out she led phil back into the library and they sat before the open fire what is it jane he asked are you regretting no she smiled there isn't room in my heart for regret it's full of other things i'm very dense can you prove it i'll try the davenport was huge but only one end of it complained of their weight phil are you sure there is no mistake positive and you never cared for anyone else never not nina jaffray no why do you ask 
she once told me you had a boy and girl affair oh that she used to tease me and i would wash her face in the snow that's nina's idea of mutual affection it isn't her idea now is it i'm sure i don't know you'll have to ask larry kane and you don't ever think about her no except with vague alarm for the safety of the species jane laughed i don't want you to be unkind she said but was not displeased there was a silence in which gallatin peered around the great room and his eyes smiled as they sought her face again what are you thinking of she asked of this shelter and another up among the pine trees oh how white and cold it must be there now it's ours though phil so personal i'll build another here in new york not like this no hardly he smiled i'm glad of that this house oppresses me it's so big so silent and yet so noisy with the money that has been spent on it i don't like money phil that's because you've never felt the need of it i'm glad you don't though you know i'm not very well off i don't suppose daddy would ever let me starve she laughed his expression changed and he chose his words deliberately his face turned toward the fire it isn't my intention to place you in any such position he said with curious precision i don't think you understand it isn't possible for me to accept anything from your father except yourself jane i'll take you empty-handed as i first found you or not at all but even then you know it was my saucepan but he shook his head it isn't a question of saucepans now you're not fair phil she murmured soberly is it my fault that father has become what he is why shouldn't i help i have something of my own some stock in he closed her lips with a kiss i've got to have my own way can't you understand he whispered earnestly it's my sanity i'm fighting for sanity of body and mind and the medicines are toil drudgery responsibility i've never known what work really meant one doesn't learn that sort of thing in the crowd i've been brought up with it's only the money a fellow makes himself that does him any good i've seen other fellows raised as i was losing their hold on life slipping into the quagmire i always thought i could pull up when i liked when i got ready but when i tried i found i couldn't he paused and jane pressed his hand in both of hers but he went on decisively desperate illnesses need desperate remedies jane i learned that up there with you i've been ill but i've found the cure and i'm taking it already downtown i've cut myself off from all financial support i shan't have a dollar that i cannot make i'm driven to the wall and i'm going to fight he paused and then turned and looked into her eyes 
that's why it is that i want you to come to me empty-handed i want to remember every hour of the day that on my efforts alone your happiness depends your peace of mind your future yes i understand but it might be made easier there isn't any easy way and whatever my other sins i wouldn't climb the fortune on a woman's shoulders i've nothing to offer you but my love it's enough no i came into your life a pauper a derelict an idler a dr don't phil she whispered her fingers on his lips i shall come to you sane and whole or i shall not come to you i ask nothing of you you must make me no promises i don't see how you can prevent that she smiled i shall make them anyway no you're not promised to me i am no i don't see how you can prevent my promising i promise to love honor and obey then obey at once and stop promising i won't then what validity has a promise broken the moment it's made his logic was inevitable cherish then she evaded he held her away from him looked into her eyes and laughed if it establishes no precedent uh, you may cherish me at once what does cherish mean he showed her i'm afraid the precedent is already established phil she sighed she sank back in his arms and he kissed her tenderly i can't stop seeing you jane he whispered at her ear you renew me give me new faith in myself new hope for the future i know that i oughtn't to have the right but i can't give you up i need you when i'm with you i wonder how there could ever be any sin in the world your eyes are so clear dear like the pool our pool in the woods and my image in them is as clear as they are whatever i've said i don't want that image to go out of them keep it there jane no matter what happens and believe in me i will she whispered whatever happens i'll come for you some day dear soon perhaps i'm working on a big case one that involves large issues all of me that isn't yours i'm giving to that and that's yours too you'll win phil yes i'll win i must win he finished i must oh phil dear she murmured it doesn't matter what should i care whether you win or lose whatever you have been whatever you are or hope to be you've kissed me and i'm yours until the end what does it matter what i promise or what i fail to promise i'll wait for you because you wish it but i would tell the world tomorrow if you'd let me no he said quickly not yet i want to look my enemy in the eyes jane for for a long while 
I'll stare him down until he slinks away, not into the shadows behind me, but away, far off, so far that he shall not find me again, or I him, ever. Is the enemy here, now? She questioned anxiously. No, he smiled. Not here. I drove away from him in an enchanted brougham. Jane straightened and looked into the fire. Phil? Yes? I've told Nellie Pennington and... and Mother. He folded his arms and gazed steadily into the fire. What did they say? Nellie Pennington was pleased. Mother was not, she said frankly. I'm sorry to hear that, but I could hardly have expected. It doesn't matter, she went on hastily. I thought you ought to know. I shall see Mr. Loring, he said, his brows tangling. Is it necessary at once? I think so. There mustn't be any false positions. I hope I can make him understand. Obviously, I can't visit the house of a man who doesn't want me there. Jane couldn't reply at once, and when she did, her face was as serious as his own. Won't you leave that to me, Phil? She said gently. End of chapter 16